0: 2022 is over. Finally. It's been an interesting year for a lot of us, with quite a few changes. There have been both upsides and downsides to this year, and most of us have had to grow a lot. This is the first episode of 2023. In this episode, we'll talk about the predictions we made for 2022 And whether or not we got them right, then we'll give our predictions for 2023. But before we get started, Will, what's been predicting you lately? I don't know.
1: Well, I was in Dallas chunk of last week. So it was my first air travel since before COVID. That wasn't that big of a deal going in. I had a, a whole row to myself. Nice. Coming back, not so much. I was in the middle seat and both guys on the sides Were armrest hogs. So that was a little irritating.
0: I wonder if you were on the same flight as uh, some of my friends because they flew out to Texas. I don't know if they're going to Dallas, but they flew out to Texas for a wedding around the same time you did. And they were talking about how they had like they're like there's almost no one on this flight.
1: Yeah, I think just like it, it being a Tuesday right after Thanksgiving, people are home by then and they're not traveling again except for crazy people. There's nothing much to report from Dallas. I was at the hotel and then I was at an industrial park and then I was at the hotel and then I was at the industrial park. I did watch a coyote pee on a car. That was the highlight as far as sights and sounds.
0: Interesting. It's been um, about eight or nine years since I've been to Dallas. Yeah, it's been a while since I've been. So uh, what's going on with you? We are preparing to go to production for the app I'm working on at work. The team's been doing a lot of tech debt stories kind of to clean up the code. I'm learning about the process as this is my first time at this job taking an application to production. This is, you know, it's not an update. It's a new app going out there because as the lead, I get to do a lot more than I've done in the past, too. So it's really exciting. A lot of fun stuff going on. A lot of learning, things like that. That's basically all I've got going on. It's Just been a lot of that and then working on my side project and that's it. Playing around with uh, Gatsby on the side project. That's been kind of fun. Kind of was, was fighting it a little bit. I think I told you the other day, I was like, I feel like I've been ice skating uphill. A couple of realizations dawned on me about how it's designed to be for blogs. And I was like, you know, if I just treat this like a blog and then use categories to set things up the way that that it needs to be for this project. Everything started coming together and I'm like, oh my goodness things are all fitting. There's a couple
1: of like weird mental phase shifts that you go through when you're dealing with that stuff with a static site generator stuff and just it's a different type of space than you're in and it's a different workflow. I don't know how to explain it other than it, it it is just like a it's a phase shift like there's a point where all of a sudden everything changes. Saving money is hard, especially when everything is changing.
0: Lucas Casales is a fee-only certified financial planner. He owns and runs level up financial planning virtually out of Fort Collins, Colorado. And just like us at Complete Developer Podcast,
1: he focuses on helping you to not only establish an actual real plan, but to take action on that plan so that you can live your best life. You know, it's not good enough to just have a plan if you don't do
0: anything with it. Guys, mm-hmm. investing in financial planning services really comes down to whether or not you can improve your finances. With the help of Level Up, the compounding impact of making better financial decisions is easily going to pay for itself.
1: Level Up also has a unique pricing model, so you can start on your financial planning journey right now instead of having to wait until you have enough money because he has got it set up where it will help you start no matter where you are in your financial
0: journey. Mm Mm-hmm. Best of all, Lucas is a fiduciary for his clients. And what that means is that he's not really here to sell you a product, but to help guide you to a better financial situation.
1: And speaking of guidance, if you want more of it, catch his podcast, Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp, where he covers financial topics that you almost certainly are facing and interviews other IT professionals who share how they navigated their own careers. And you can learn even more at levelupfinancialplanning.com.
0: Because this is one of the most fun episodes we record each year. Both Will and I look forward to reviewing our predictions from the previous year and creating new ones. It's important to stay up to date with changes in technology, especially in your particular field.
1: While this last year, I think, was probably less unpredictable than some of the years just prior to it it still did see a lot of interesting developments, both in tech and outside of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, For many people, it has been kind of a tough year and nearly everyone has had to make some adjustments. Uh, Whether we like it or not, though, this year is nearly over. By the time you're hearing it, it is over. And the new year has begun. I got a
0: John Lennon song stuck in my head now. In this episode, we get to have a little fun and make some educated guesses as to where we'll be in another year. We'll start by reviewing our predictions from this past year. Each of us were accurate in some areas, maybe not so much in others. And then we'll get to our predictions for 2023. So, starting off, 2022. My first prediction was split workforce, as a lot of people enjoy coming into the office and others prefer to work remote. Many employers have enjoyed the reduced cost of office space. Some have even reduced the size of their offices as more people work from home. And my prediction was that there would be some who want to return to the office and others who prefer working remote. We're going to see more of a split teams approach where some people are given the choice to work remote or in the office. I'm calling this a hit. A lot of companies are now hosting split workforces, recruiters, Talk about remote work as the norm, though many expect employees to come into the office maybe a few times a week or something. I've had that with a few of the recruiters. I was like, yeah, no. And then, of course, you've got everything going on in like Silicon Valley and Elon telling the Twitter folk, come in or go home. Wait, you're going to
1: come into the office and work 120 hours a week and you're going to like it. Yeah, yeah. That's a whole other can of worms there. All right, so my first prediction was that one or more of the major worldwide flashpoints will spark off. There's several good candidates, including Ukraine and Russia, Belarus and Poland, China and Taiwan, the Koreas, the South China Sea, Crimea, Saudi Arabia and Yemen, I think was one we talked about but didn't have on the list. Mm-hmm. Said so a global sea change in power is going to begin to occur. And we can hope that it will be largely peaceful, but it's unlikely to be entirely peaceful everywhere. And then when you add supply chain disruptions, large movements of people, medical panic, and food price increases to the mix, it's probably not going to end all that well. My result on this was, well, crap. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Would have preferred to been wrong. There is obviously the situation in between Ukraine and Russia that's kind of sort of wobbly whether Belarus and Poland are in the middle of that or not and whether we're in the middle of that. China and Taiwan, I was a little bit surprised that they did not retake Taiwan. I kind of expected that one actually to pop off sooner. The situation in Yemen is also a bit grim. You're not hearing a whole lot about that on the news, but there's some stuff going on there. Uh, There's a few other places in the world. So yeah, this was definitely disappointingly correct.
0: So my second prediction was the continued expansion of suburbia. I'm already seeing it out where I live. They're turning farmland into neighborhoods as the older generation retires and passes away. Their children and grandchildren don't want to be farmers, so they sell to developers who split up the properties and build neighborhoods. Yeah, this is still happening, even more so. Even with the market taking a hit and interest rates rising, the suburban expansion continues. I was reading an article the other day about how suburbia is like going to be the next major decision makers.
1: Yeah, there's also the problems in the cities, too, that have not been dealt with to the satisfaction of the people that's why they're moving i'll also add another little twist to this a lot of the small businesses are going away too like family-owned businesses are being sold by children and grandchildren of the founders to larger corporate interests so it's not just land it's like productive capacity you know everything that's not watching tv in a big house in the suburbs is getting sold off to somebody i don't think that'll continue forever
0: I don't think so. I think we're going to see eventually see a backlash in that, but we're not there yet. It won't be within the next year. I'm sure of that.
1: Yeah, agreed. All right. My second prediction was that AI assisted to varying degrees. Software development will become more common and accepted. GitHub copilot is kind of neat. And there are some there were some recent changes in Visual Studio 2022 that were well liked at that point. They still are. I've still found that very impressive. It was predicting mm-hmm. what I was about to type. also found that a little bit, the more I thought about it, the more weird I found that. It's got some issues. It's not perfect.
0: Yeah, I don't trust it. And I've worked with some junior developers who will just like implicitly trust that. And I'm like, uh, no.
1: Or doing the same thing with a refactoring tool. That was my favorite. Oh, get rid of unused method, except it's found by reflection. And you didn't check for that. Yeah. Again, it's a tool I would say this is definitely a hit, but there have been some issues around the use of the AI or assistive technology. I hate calling it AI because it isn't.
0: There was that article I sent you. Was that the Today that I sent it?
1: Yeah, about the GPT stuff being banned on, on Stack Overflow. And there have been issues around GitHub Copilot now because they're trawling through either open source code or you know potentially varying licenses of code and using that as inputs for this thing. And it's like, okay, well... If it's creating code from code that is restricted in some way, what is my legal liability if that thing types it in? And that, I had not thought about that last year, but that looks like a bomb about to go off. It'll be interesting to see where that goes. And some of the other crazy machine learning type stuff is just off the hook as far as the GPT stuff is Is very interesting. Uh, some of the AI generated art is also uh, interesting. I think we're going to talk about that here in a little bit.
0: Yeah, we actually are. <laughs> so. Moving along, my third prediction for this past year was that there will be an increase in sale of prefabricated and prebuilt PCs for gaming as individual parts to build a gaming PC will continue to be harder to acquire by the average individual. Also, PC gamers may not want to go through the trouble of building their own machines, though I wouldn't be surprised if some industrious individuals bought prefab machines to cannibalize them and sell the parts. I am claiming this is a hit. The market for gaming PCs continues to grow. One trend I've noticed seems to be that gamers buying pre-built PCs to get the hard-to-find parts and then upgrading.
1: Yeah, and some of those parts, too, I think are going to get a little bit easier to find, especially Mm -hmm. with the collapse of some of the cryptocurrencies. Some of the video cards will hopefully get cheaper. Certainly be nice kind of soon.
0: Yeah, I mean, personally, I'm not. Complaining about some of the cryptocurrencies going down and like even the the NFT stuff, I thought that was dumb from the moment it, I first heard about it. But I know there are some people who are really really into it. I'm not trying to be insulting, but I just looked at it and was like, um, no,
1: it's a use of energy to avoid problems with fiat currency, which really like you need to fix the underlying thing. If we're having a crisis with CO two then your cryptocurrency mining rig is part of that. And that's not producing food for people to eat or anything. It seems like we're trying to work around a problem that we should have corrected in other manners. Yeah, so I don't know that it's necessarily dumb. It's just it feels hacky, I guess, how i look at it. All right. So speaking of feeling hacky, my third prediction was that some degree of migration out of the cities is going to continue occurring. Because the people that have always wanted to leave but couldn't now have the ability to do so because of remote work or because of just stuff shifting. And with the absolute mess that has been made out of urban office space, we may also see a revitalization of some urban areas as well. Uh, Housing prices will remain insane throughout the transition and will seem especially insane to residents of smaller, quieter towns. This was a pretty solid direct hit. I don't feel like I had a great deal of predictive capacity here. That was pretty much in the cards by the time I wrote this last year. Companies are trying to really cram the remote work genie back in the bottle, but I don't think they're going to succeed. Right now, they're still having enough trouble hiring people that they're having to understand that workers are going to have a life outside of work and commuting. And they are not going to get control of this
0: again. It's ridiculous to think they can force that when people can go somewhere else and get
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm just looking at it going, that's great. If you guys want to try to force that, I will try to work with people who are fighting that because those people are going to win and you're going to go under and we're going to get your stuff for half price. Thanks.
0: Yep. pretty much. My final prediction from last year was that uh, we'd see an increased use of IoT devices and wireless sensor networks in infrastructure and planning we'll see more use of data collection devices in designing roads in cities or when creating infrastructure to support growth. Nashville is a prime example of growth beyond what the infrastructure can support. Other cities around the area have learned to build their infrastructure first and then bring in the growth. I'm talking to you, Huntsville. Mad respect for you guys for turning companies down until you had the infrastructure.
1: And this is a city that, you know, does like rocketry tests. Yeah. That was really wise of the city planners there. I wish they had done that here, but now I get the tax bill instead.
0: Yeah. So I'm calling this one a hit just because the articles that I've read around this, I know like here in, in Tennessee, we are using some devices and it's been slowly increasing. But the articles I'm reading from other areas are just showing a lot of increased use of like tablets and other like of smaller devices, maybe not so much the wireless sensor networks as much yet, but uh, I think it's coming. You know, I don't think we're quite fully there yet, but I foresee this being a big thing. And I've seen more and more just through my travels around the eastern side of the United States between Cleveland, Ohio and Gainesville, Florida, up and down the east side of the country, more and more uses of those types of devices on the roadways. So I'm claiming that this was a hit in progress.
1: Yeah. And I'll also add that the wireless networks, the the sensor networks, those things, there's kind of a network effect. Like you have to have the stuff like literally for them to be there, especially like type mesh type networks, like the devices have to be there for the network to exist. So it'll get there.
0: It, yeah, I, it's one of those things that I know certain areas they're testing these out. And like I, I kind of keep up with it because I find it fascinating. So it's not as far along as I thought it would be. We had some supply chain issues and some other things, I think, that, that kind of held it back from where I thought it would be. But it is still coming along.
1: Speaking of things that uh, went slower than thought, my fourth prediction for last year was that schools are going to start getting a better handle on remote learning. While we can expect the default to be classroom learning, a lot of school systems, teachers, parents, and various other education-related positions have really learned a lot in the past two years. They had to. By now, some products that people brainstormed during the early part of the pandemic are going to start kind of hitting the market, and we'll start seeing those become more commonplace. I said it's not going to revolutionize education, but it will likely make it more resilient in the face of future pandemics, snow days. If uh, the Super Bowl is being hosted in your town and your school's downtown, you know, close to the stadium, maybe you just do it remote, those kind of things. And I would say that this is definitely better than it was during the early pandemic, but I think I really kind of underestimated just how long the development cycle is to get tech out and adopted in that space. It's just not all the way there yet, but now people are aware of it, so it is going. It's not going to happen inside of a year. Probably looking more like five to ten. I'm just wondering who goes to school on a Sunday. Well, I'm thinking like the day after the Super Bowl, right? Because you still got a bunch of people downtown probably leaving. So you got like traffic issues and all that kind of stuff. You know, there's other events that do happen during the week sometimes too, so... That was the first thing I was thinking of, because I think Nashville's probably trying to get a Super Bowl out here at some point. Our stadium's too small. We'll have to wait till the new one's built. Oh, well, they had to build a new one at at my expense.
0: They're already planning on that. Oh, I know. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Oh, we don't have any money for the homeless or anything else. Let's build a stadium.
0: That was one of the things that people questioned when they built the stadium the first time. like, it's too small to host a Super Bowl. Why? Like, if you want to do that, why are you building it like that? But... But Again, not the best of planning. It happens. But yeah, no, like I'm thinking like CMA Fest and that sort of stuff. I actually think some of the schools in Nashville let out for that.
1: My hometown, they let out for the fair. There's like fair day on, you know, because it's a Friday in September and half the kids aren't going to be there anyway. So get it over with.
0: That's smart. All right, guys, let's go ahead and move on into our predictions for 2023. So uh, Will kind of hinted at it because he read through my predictions, I'm sure. But uh, I am predicting there will be a boom of AI-created art. I've been sort of following this. It's kind of interesting. We're already seeing some AI artwork that is selling within the art community. I know some of the stuff, because I follow both from the AI perspective and from the art perspective, and some of the criteria that they have, like you know, artwork has to sell for so much amount, Already been met though, personally, I think that's sort of eh because you can artwork is subjective, and if you got someone who wants it to sell for that amount, they're going to pay that amount for it, if you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, so I gotta add on the AI art. I don't know if you've seen this on YouTube, but there's like music videos that they've done with you know, classic rock, so they did one with Black Sabbath War Pigs. And they took the lines and used them to generate art. And that plays. And it's it's wild looking. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You got to see that.
0: Yeah. I, I haven't seen that one, but I've seen I've seen some others. Yeah.
1: Don't fear the Reaper was another. They had some pretty wild. Ooh. Like you got to get the ones that have a little bit out there lyrics. Yeah. Yeah. But man,
0: I'd like to see the sound of silence. Yeah. We
1: need to find that. I'll have to look for that after.
0: That would be really good. But uh, my prediction, though, is this is going to trickle down to the regular buyer. Like We may even start seeing AI-generated artwork in some big stores like Target within the year. That said, with the prevalence of the AI artwork, even stories, I've been reading about uh, AI-written stories, human-created and original works are going to become a premium because AI can just generate and generate and generate, and it's going to eventually flood the market. I don't know if it'll happen within this year. It's very possible because of how fast it can to the point where anything created by a human may increase in value just because it is actually created by a human.
1: Well, and and it may increase in value to the human that created it.
0: Mm. I'm just thinking like what people can sell their art for, which from one perspective, I'm like, oh, that's awesome because my friends who are artists can make more money selling their art. But on the other side of it is, oh man, I'm going to have to spend more money on art. (laughs)
1: Well, and I I could also see a situation, you know, like it'd be really, it sounds dystopian, but can you imagine a situation where people have a lot of screens around their house and they go, hey, I want the house to have this feel today. And the AI just like changes the
0: art. Oh, yeah. I actually knew a guy who had his walls covered in the
1: LEDs. Yeah. Oh, can you imagine that, though, for somebody who is a writer? It's like, hey, I'm writing this scene right now, this piece of music. And I want my room to have this feel while I'm doing it to drive my creative process.
0: It sounds really cool, but it's really, really bad on your eyes. He had to actually take down all his stuff because he was literally having vision problems because of it.
1: Yeah. I mean, they got to fix that. There's some stuff in there that is quite cool. And I also think a lot of this, too. What you're talking about, though, is not an input, not an output.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not, oh, hey, generating it. It's yeah, set this up. I'm talking about like actually AI created artwork.
1: Yeah. Oh, I mean, I I am too, but I'm, I'm thinking about it more as it is not the end point. It is something that you can take and you make human generated stuff. Like it's a damage multiplier for the other stuff that we do. Cause that's what all of our other tools are, right? Like, you, you know, you have a lever because you can't lift enough and you have AI, but I think this may not work like we think it's going
0: to. I foresee there being a flood of AI artwork, which is going to actually push up the value of human created, which is, like I said, a good thing for my friends who create art.
1: Yeah. And it's going to inspire people too. like, look at how many people, you know, that play musical instruments that started listening to the music in Star Wars. And now they're part of the symphony. Like John Williams did more than any music teacher out there. We have a natural reaction to this sort of stuff that and we think it's different than what it actually is so I think this is going to be super cool over the years it will get interesting too but that's
0: the way things are we're going to have like a tough time Like we're going to have a storming before we get to norming and then performing
1: yeah as we learn to work with it we got that with motion picture with color TV with radio with all Mm -hmm. these other things with the printing press considering what happened after all of those things maybe that's not so positive in the short term but uh, long term yeah true that so speaking of not being positive, I noticed all of my predictions are kind of negative and I want to preface them with the understanding that they sound negative, but it's more like, hey, this is where we are in the timeline where things are breaking so that new things can form. So when I throw mine in there, just please, if you're hearing that, understand that's where I'm coming from, not from a deep negative. Well, I've got one of those, but that's not what this is.
0: We've all met you. We know.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
0: Well, no, actually, you guys haven't actually met him, but you've been listening to him potentially for the last seven years. More than yeah, I years.
1: look both ways when I cross a one-way street.
0: 390 hours?
1: Yeah, more than that. Yeah. It's probably getting close to 400 because some of the early ones were long.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so anyway. So the first prediction I have, I mean, I don't necessarily feel like this is much of a prediction anyway, but is that significant supply chain issues will continue and they're going to be exacerbated by governments being dumb. These may correspond to supply shortages or be the results of war or be financial games being played. These shortages will almost certainly impact things like fossil fuels, food, medical supplies and electronics, uh, things that are critical to the Mm -hmm. modern world functioning. While this will make both consumers and businesses more price sensitive, it may open up opportunities as well. There may be a lot of money to be made for people who can save companies a lot of money or who can figure out ways around the problems. Every moat has a castle behind it.
0: I think it's going to get worse before it gets better, for sure. Like, I I agree with you on this one. Like, we're going to see even worse things. And then, but I think that's going to push others to step up too. So, my second prediction is that we're going to see a social media decline at some point. It may not be this year, but I'm predicting it this year. The inane censorship issues to Elon Musk buying Twitter and the bans on TikTok because of its parent company. I mean, there's just a lot. And then other people, like the effect that social media has had on society and the younger generations observing that. So I'm predicting that the newest generation is going to push back And we may even see a move away from using social media as a form of communication. I think they're going to find something else.
1: Yeah, they always do.
0: Uh, It's time for something better.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I think that's what they're gaming on with like the meta thing, right? I don't think it's going to be that. I think like soda was, you know, yours and my generation's cigarettes, essentially. And social media is the millennials cigarettes. And like they're going to do something else dumb but you know it will be dumb and it will be different i think it's going to have to either that or it's going to get regulated in which case versus it it dying slowly on its own it's going to get killed
0: i think what's going to happen is it's going to start to die slowly on its own i've seen a couple other social media site like things pop yeah. up and come and go and it's like yeah I feel like it's going to go the way of MySpace. Like, MySpace is still around, but nobody's on it.
1: Facebook is like that to a large degree already, too. Unless, like, unless somebody's over 45 or so, like, cause I mean, I'm on there some, I'm on there enough, and I just, I watch and I'm like, man, there's nobody younger than me on here for the most part. And, or if they're on, they're not on much. It's like sharing memes and then going away, which is exactly what I do.
0: I mean, most of my interaction on Facebook is through Instagram.
1: Yeah. Most of mine's through groups.
0: Most of my posting goes through Instagram to Facebook. Very rarely do I post directly to Facebook.
1: Yeah, but it is really good for groups. I will say that. Like, I'm actually fairly satisfied with that. I like to complain, but...
0: It is good for groups. I do like the way that's set up, and we may see something that comes along that's even better for something like that.
1: I mean, Google circles with... uh, Was it Google Plus? You know, that that never got anywhere. Like, that was a more realistic model of human interaction. Like, right Mm -hmm. now... If I post something publicly on Facebook for a certain audience that that might find it funny, somebody who doesn't find it funny is gonna see it and start a you know pick a fight. I mean, I had a cousin that did that and like blocked me no you can it's not easy to do like I need like better grouping in that to be like a first class thing, and maybe that's where it goes right is something that is more like a human actual social network
0: I'm gonna share certain things like I'm gonna tell you about some things that other people don't care about. Like my friends on the worship team, none of them are software developers. So I'm not going to tell them a lot about, you know, work stuff, but you really don't care about any of the music or,
1: I mean, I like it. I like that. It makes you happy, but I don't know what it is. Yeah. I'm not going to talk music theory with you. Yeah. It's not that it's something that offends me. I think that we're going to have to deal with that. Like we should have looked at Jack Dorsey and Mark Zuckerberg and said, I don't want to live in a world where these people's mental models of how human interactions happen are what I have to deal with. Like we should have looked at both of them and been like, yo dog, no, but we didn't. And so something else is going to take that space and uh, it'll happen pretty soon. Maybe it may even be this year. He said, all right, my second prediction, (sighs) more global flashpoints are going to flare up. Uh, We've already seen plenty this year. And honestly, the situation in Ukraine and all the rhetoric around it, really didn't make anybody look like a decisive winner who can't be beaten. And when you have that, that means other people take opportunity. It's not just, hey, there's all this destruction and there's all this death. There's a wide-scale human migration that's going to happen out of these areas. You're going to see tension between various countries and the rest of the world, especially between Western countries and the rest of the world. I think a lot of other places are really, really tired of the way we act. In various capacities, you're starting to see some of those things there. Just look in the news. You know, It doesn't matter when this comes out, you'll see it. And I think the Western countries really want to maintain a degree of control that they actually never had. And that's going to lead to some friction. Now, how it breaks out is different, but there may be additional fronts that open up this year as a result of that.
0: It's going to be interesting because I'm already seeing some of it And my next point. It actually goes along with this. I purposely chose to put it after yours. After I'd written it up, I read through yours. I was like, oh, let me move this down. Just because I thought yours yours made more sense to come before mine. But yeah, I for sure see a lot of hot spots around the world. Both with what you're saying with the the Western culture, but also just internal hot spots as well. There's a lot of stuff that's... that's-
1: been going on a long time in a lot of places that's really, really dumb. And once you have a little bit of an economic turmoil, like all the other stuff pops off, the economy keeps a lid on a lot of bad things happening, which is something I think a lot of people don't understand to an adequate degree. And so, yeah, the like Iran is a great example of that.
0: Yeah. Speaking of which, that is my uh, third prediction is that we're going to see some renewed turmoil in the Middle East as uh, I read recently that Iran is disbanding their decency police force and as of this recording they are considering removing or revising some of the laws around what women are required to wear in public and while this is a big win for women's rights and freedoms globally there will be zealots who do not like these changes. I mean, I'm not going to mince words. There are going to be people who don't like these changes.
1: And I'll add something else, too. You'll also get zealots in the other direction that are like, hey, we had a win. Let's win all the way. And it ends up being a recipe for a collision.
0: And uh, my prediction is this is going to lead to some unrest. And that particular area is going to become another hotbed. And we're just going to have to watch it because we don't want the Western society to get dragged into it.
1: Well, and the other thing too is like going into somebody else's house and telling them what to do. Yeah. We got to get out of that. It doesn't work for anyone anywhere on either end of the equation.
0: We try to avoid talking politics on the podcast, except for in this episode, because we're making predictions. But I'm looking at what's going on just in the world in general and how a lot of stuff is boiling up in a lot of areas. I'm like, when I was reading about that the other day, I was like, oh, this, while it is a great when for women's rights, it's got the potential to cause some serious problems. That's my concern: is that there's going to be a backlash for it, and so I'm hoping that uh, the government there has, and I'm I'm sure they are, but I'm hoping they they've expected that and planned for it.
1: Yeah, and that they're thinking very very carefully about how they do everything and like slow and methodical, like don't make huge social upheavals because. It's going to take a minute for everything to turn and go in the right direction. And by the way, you have things here, too, that, are, that have just as much potential for popping off in, in various ways. Like It's not just over there. It's everywhere. All right, my third prediction. There will be a lot of tech layoffs. Frankly, over the last, I would say, five or six years, uh, a lot of tech companies grew headcount and did not grow effectiveness. I've seen that I've been at a company where the number of programmers doubled and our throughput cut in
0: half. Well, yeah, that sometimes happens. I mean,
1: and the thing was, there's kind of a, a perverse incentive structure, but there's also kind of a tendency to over-engineer stuff. And it creates a lot of make work, which, you know, hey, yeah, people get paid until the company hits the wall and you've got to lay a bunch of people off. And this is going to continue. A lot of tech companies, frankly, are very, very slow and unproductive. You know, people are saying, oh, it's because of Agile. It's like, it's not Agile. It's like bureaucratic systems theory. It's uh, Taylorism. It's not Agile, even though I like to rag on Agile all the time. That's not quite what it is. There are still going to be plenty of companies that are hiring and at pretty good rates, either trying to avoid attrition of employees or trying to make moves in the market against slower opposition. Uh, but you are going to see a shift. And now is really a good time to lean into the effort of expanding your skill set and your network to get ready for this because there there are going to be more layoffs probably between now and whenever y'all hear this.
0: Oh yeah, there's a lot going on. I will say I, I had someone ask me my opinion of uh, Elon Musk and what he's doing over at Twitter. And uh, I looked at him. This was at a, at a developer meetup. I'm like, Mikey's a genius. They're <laughs> like, "What?" <laughs> like, yeah, like he knows that he's gonna have to lay people off. So rather than having to pay, you know, severance packages and unemployment, he's getting them all to quit. Yeah, and doing it without it being
1: a constructive dismissal. Yeah, you know, there's specific legal things. I think the other thing too is he is probably overreacting to some things. I do have a hard time feeling too sorry sometimes for the, the very very large corporate employees in, in some cases yeah we'll see whether what he's doing works or not like that proof is gonna be loud in public
0: I didn't say what I, th- I thought what he was doing was right I just thought it was smart
1: I mean like if you're like from a completely Machiavellian yeah Machiavellian type approach it's like yeah that's the tactic mm-hmm. and I think a lot of other companies are kind of starting to do this too I think a lot of the The pushback against remote work, that is a lot of companies trying to cut people without actually having to pay unemployment. That's the larger strategy there.
0: Yeah, I mean, as annoying as it is, I question the morality of it, but the practicality of it makes sense.
1: Yeah, well, it's their foot. They can shoot it off.
0: Yeah, there is that. There is that. You're going to develop a reputation. I actually had a conversation with a recruiter earlier today who was trying to recruit me for a company who has kind of a bad reputation in the local market.
1: And, Oh, I know what you're talking about.
0: Yeah. And I was like, Hey, I'm only saying, cause I told him, I was like, you know, I told him about that and I was like, I'm only telling you this because I want to see that change. Like I would like to see your company's reputation change. And I, I recognize that changing a reputation is not easy, but I would really like to see that because I, I think a lot of what you guys are doing is, is good. But you guys do. You have a bad reputation amongst the community.
1: If it's the company I'm thinking of, their founder slash CEO regularly chews on his own foot. I mean, he just can't keep it out of his mouth, especially on YouTube and stuff. So, yeah, it'll change when he leaves. Probably.
0: Yeah. But like I said, a a lot. I mean, I use some of their products and a lot of the stuff is really good. I wouldn't want to work for him because of things I've heard from former employers or or employees, I guess I should say, and stuff. So,
1: yeah. And former people that that did contract work for them. You know, even decent-sized companies. I've heard some stuff. And, yeah, I think you're going to see a lot of that kind of thing in the mix with the tech layoffs. We're in for interesting times at best. Just be ready and you will find something better. Promise. There's way too much work out there for it to be
0: otherwise. Yeah, I mean, I I think what I was getting at was, like, in addition to layoffs, we're going to see... Companies pushing people away to avoid having to pay for that, the layoffs.
1: Well, and they're also overly tied into their downtown real estate that now is not worth as much. And they're trying to desperately to fix that instead of, they're doing sunk cost fallacy. And the thing with sunk cost fallacy is eventually it sinks you. It corrects itself.
0: All right, guys. So my final prediction for 2023 is that, uh, new suppliers for cheap computer components will emerge. This kind of goes along with Will's first one. I, uh, again, I put this one as my last one after I read through Will's. I, I moved my stuff around. I was like, oh yeah, that one's going to go at the end. But uh, with the current and looming issues between the US and China and other places, among other things, uh, there's an opportunity for a new or several new suppliers for cheaper electronic parts to emerge. It would be nice if we could get some manufacturing back on U.S. soil, but that's not likely just because of the cost and everything. So I expect to see one or more of the U.S. allies or U.S. influenced countries to emerge as a new hub for exporting cheap electronic parts.
1: Yeah, and I could tell you my favorite candidate for that right now is Vietnam. Because you have all the logistics infrastructure in that region already, just because you know China's there, Japan's not too far off, and there is a fair bit of investment happening. That country has turned around a lot of stuff. You'd be surprised how much stuff is made there. So that would not surprise me in the least. So my fourth and final prediction is that outsourcing is going to get a lot more complicated and it may offer less of an advantage you know, monetarily than it did before besides the complications that our supply chain issues and wars are creating standards of living are kind of rising in a lot of other places outside the West. And most of the outsourcing stuff is kind of based on wage arbitrage. So it's like, Hey, I could pay, you know, dude bro here, a hundred dollars an hour, or I could pay dude bro there, $10 an hour. As long as dude bro over there is some, sizable fraction of dude bro over here's productivity, then you're ahead. And so that's what a lot of that's based on. Now, if it's skill based, that's a whole different thing, but those kind of things are not going to work as well because what happens is the salaries of overseas workers keep going up and you're also going to start seeing a lot of stuff with regulatory pressure coming in, making sure that things like data from citizens and sensitive things don't leave a country's borders. This will probably be the EU, not the U.S., because the U.S. doesn't seem to care about this for whatever reason. uh, We're just kind of dumb on that in that department. Unfortunately, the EU has got this one down better. Basically, you don't want your citizens' data to be on an overseas server that's outside your jurisdiction, that's outside your laws. And you're going to start seeing more of this and more pushback, even from other countries that you don't think about doing that. It's not necessarily going to be your typical Western countries doing this. I think this is going to probably start. And as emerging markets get better, this may also kind of create some opportunities for people here. You can serve those markets. If their standard of living is rising, it may rise enough where you can put a product out there and you can live here. That's a possibility. And you're going to want to tailor things more towards those individual markets instead of a one-size-fits-all market like the U.S. has kind of become. This may work. This is kind of based on the current situation. Obviously, as widening regional conflicts happen, this is going to get a bit more dicey. If you had Russian software developers in February this year, you had a bad time. And if you had Ukrainian ones, you had a bad time. And there's several other potential flashpoints. You're going to have to be careful about that. But there is an opportunity here. But there are also some rough spots, I think, that are coming.
0: Yeah, I mean, I can see that. Again, with anything we've got, really i think the the theme for this uh this episode has been hey we've got a lot of changes coming and with change comes turmoil and it's like hey there's going to be some rough spots before it gets better we've got a storm before we can norm
1: yeah or you know the dinosaurs get wiped out and the rats survive do you want to be a tyrannosaurus or do you want to gnaw on his bones like the world is going to change and we have to deal with that so guys in many respects 2022 was a bit of a mop-up operation for the things that happened in 2020 and 2021. Uh, It was, you know, the close of several chapters of pandemic history. Now, while the pandemic story and other things that are caused by it are very, very far from over, at least for most people, this year did represent a kind of a bit of a return to something resembling normal life and you know, large portions of the world, not all of it. However, like all years so far in this decade a number of curveballs have been thrown. And we hope you make tremendous personal progress this year. We look forward to 2023. Just hang in there. Standby for Titanfall. If you have a question or comment, please email us at neckbeards at completedeveloperpodcast.com. Our theme music is an excerpt from Standby for Titanfall by Pure Bells,
0: available on SoundCloud and licensed through Creative Commons. For references, show notes, and extra tips and insights, be sure to check out the website at completedeveloperpodcast.com. Help us make the show possible by supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash complete developer podcast. You'll get extras, including a weekly aftercast where we discuss the topic of the week and bonus material with some of our patrons.
1: You can also follow us on Twitter at complete dev pod, like our page on Facebook and follow us on Instagram to keep up with news about the show. Join the conversation anytime via Slack by signing up at slack.completedevelopernetwork.com